I think they say like half your body weight in fluid ounces is like the minimum, but I believe that you need to get your body weight in fluid ounces if you're right. training a lot. Now, remember that doesn't mean pure water too, because vegetables are 80% water. So you get more water. So that's why I always tell people like, if you hit a gallon a day, you're solid. Yep. crazy how like unaware you can be of your surroundings you know what i mean <laughs> like <laughs> just totally oblivious to shit that's like right in front of you it's amazing yeah dude like so i went to L- <laughs> <laughs> what there's something fucking going on oh you guys got this weird fuzzy little mic thing on me <laughs> I was about to start talking about this. Dude, what is this? Michael, why do you have all these fuzzy things? Oh, these guys fuck. are hanging like these fuzzy balls on the wall. <laughs> they were there Immortal since mics. you walked in. Oh, my God. You know what? I saw that in that picture. It was taking me too, and I didn't even think twice. I was like, I just was like, oh, that's a mic, whatever. That's why I showed you. I'm <laughs> that's like, the mic. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I had, there's nothing even wrong with this picture, and I don't like it. Oh, that's uh, hella funny. Fuck you. All right. Anyway, um, I was are, we, are we recording? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I was. Uh, I went and got my hair cut at the mall today, and then I, I went across the street to South Center. And sometimes, like, so when I do mobility, I gotta take my headphones out because I'll wrap my knees around the cords and all that shit, you know. So I take my headphones out, and there's this guy, like a LA fitness trainer, training this lady. And this is not dogging on all LA fitness trainers, but um, it just blows my mind how people can't like see such a lack of programming. So she's like sitting there doing, so she first so he has her doing a hamstring stretch in the middle of like a workout. Like I don't know where he goes. All right, sit down, grab your toes. And I look over and what the hell? She sits down, grabs her toes. He's like, you're just going to hold that. She's holding. And he goes, feel the pain, feel the pain. And, and she's just like, oh, this hurts. And he's like, that's good. That's good. Keep holding, keep holding. He's like smiling. And it's like this the skinny little dude. And he just keeps saying, like talking about the pain and her stretching and shit. And he just made her hold it for like a minute and a half and then he's like all right stand up try to do 20 squats if you do 20 squats you don't have to do the ab exercise that we were doing and she's like okay and and i don't think i can do 20 he's like you can do 20 go yeah feel the pain he starts saying it again and i'm just i'm like oh my i stopped doing mobility and put my headphones in because i was like crinching like literally this happened you should have went and handed handed her your card like right in front of him i know i didn't have any of my cards i would have done but like it's just crazy like who does I'm Cody that? Boom, boom Boom. I just want to make fitness great again. <laughs> I'm gonna make a business card with that. This guy, he he's a disaster. He's a disaster. He's the worst thing in fitness ever. <laughs> Yo, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh you my should, god! You should do that. I gotta work on my dog. now. I'm not now's good the at, t- now's the time. I'm not. I'm not as good as you. Like with uh, impersonations like that. Like I feel you like gotta, you, you're you're, you're kind of nice with them. <laughs> you kind of like you said earlier. You want to be like, do the Eddie Murphy. You said yeah. Like just play all yeah. the roles. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do an entire skit. I'm gonna order the wigs. I'm you gonna should. do an entire skit. There you go. Is there any? But who else could you even do? Because Hillary Clinton, right. do them Barack too. Obama. Okay, you're gonna just do you a know. bunch of presidents. Yeah, Joe Biden. Can I just hop in there and be somebody? Yeah. I want to be in it. George yeah. Bush. Anybody? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Yeah. You could do Bill Clinton. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. 
<laughs> no, dude, you got it now. <laughs> Shit. You could just voice over me. I can be uh, all the white presidents. You could just voice over everything. My fellow Americans. <laughs> kind of nice with it. Kind of nice with it. That's good. All right, so uh, anyway. Today we switched it up on coffee. By the way, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I turned Cody on to some real shit. How do you say it? Cafe d'arte. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's Italian. It's Italian. I can't just because I don't. I can't. You know pronounce what? It you right. probably butchered it, but you made it sound I, really good. I, I, I made it sound super official. I'm glad I, that's not what I was gonna say. Is <laughs> roasted by our family in the finest traditional Italian methods to reflect the historical, culinary, and regional flavors of Italy. Savor our award-winning blends and experience our tradition, knowledge, artisanship, and passion. Enjoy one of life's greatest pleasures while you, in quotes, taste the difference. Damn, bro. You're a narrator. Killed that. That was good. You did kill that. Yo, this is the shit, though. We didn't put any sugar, didn't, no sweet, this straight no, drip coffee, good. and usually you pump your shit full of unleaded. You know what I was going to say? His, literally, was going to say D-Art. He was going to go co- cafe D-Art. That's why I said, man, you might I mean, I probably right, butchered it, but that's But you sounded really good with it, you know? <laughs> no, it's great coffee, man. I, I said, like, Starbucks sucks if it's if it's just plain drip coffee. Yeah. I, I put a bunch of shit in there and make it taste good. But. I think that's how you know that it's bad. If you have to. You have to, yeah. If you have to put a bunch of stuff in there, you man, know it's like, bad coffee. It's, like, but I'm fully aware that I go there because of convenience. I have an app on my phone. I literally, like, I wake up in the morning and... I order on my phone and I just go pick it up and it's yeah. already just sitting on the counter for me. I don't go do anything. I just walk in and grab my cup. But that's that's why they kill it. I mean, it's yeah, kind of like it's kind of like uh, Apple, right? Like the only reason people really buy a ton of Apple products is because they make it convenient. Yeah. Right. Like you can link up multiple devices to, you know. Yeah, like I got all everything. Yeah, I got all the Email. Apple things. You can text from your fucking iPad. Dude, and I like have iPhone forever computer. now, so I'm I'm locked in yeah. for life. Yeah, they got you. <laughs> they did. I paid forty bucks a month for eternity. When is this for contract? eternity? When does this contract end? It doesn't. Oh, okay. You're with us for life. <laughs> kind of sketchy. They control a lot, but all right, we're doing a Q and A today, so let's let's get on with these questions. What do we got, Michael? All right. So the first question is from Chad, and uh, shout out Chad Roberts. I'm going to read it as if uh, this is how I imagine Chad would say it. <laughs> okay. So. <clears throat> Bro, I did that tough mutter about two months ago, whenever it was, and towards the end of the last few miles of it, my hip flexors were just killing me from all the running, I guess. Do I just need to stretch them more often or something? I was like, sore as fuck. The next day of my hip flexors too, was I running wrong? Or was it just the environment of like 11 miles of running through forests and obstacles? That's like a cross between, the way you narrate, narrate is like narrow a, cross, a, a cross between like reading Rainbow and maybe like a little <laughs> SNL. Like, <laughs> I felt like yeah. I was like in cl- like in a classroom, good, just though. like listening to some inappropriate shit. Yeah. But well done. It was good, yeah. man. It was good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> My hip flexors and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Why? Sorry, Chad. <laughs> uh, I talk like that too, so it's all good. Um, so essentially I think what he was asking is he pretty much he did so Chad like a little background on him he does he strength trains uh probably more traditional bodybuilding style it's not like his I mean he's pretty into it but he's uh he's more into it than the typical typical uh person but probably more of a bodybuilding split doesn't do a ton of uh running or cross training or anything like that um I I, I, 
further down the message, because I helped him out in the in the message, he was saying that he does do cardio post training sometimes. But I'm assuming you know he's walking on the treadmill, maybe doing the bike or something. But obviously nothing like an 11 mile bout. Um, so pretty much what I told him was uh, the first thing I said was like, when was the last time you ran 11 miles? And he was like, fucking never. And I was like, okay, well that's exactly why. You know what I mean? It's kind of like your body adapts to things. If you ran. The next time you run 11 miles, maybe your hip flexors won't get as sore next time. It's the same thing as if, if you haven't benched before and then you went and did a heavy bench press. Yeah. Your your pec minor tendon into your shoulder, bicep tendon, all that stuff is going to be sore as hell um, because you've never done it. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but the hip flexors are probably going to get are going to be a little more aggravating and it's going to be a little more frustrating and noticeable because we got to think like every step we take, every time we walk stairs, every time we sit down, we're using them. Whereas you're not going to walk around all day doing a bench press motion. You know what I mean? So you're going to notice the hip flexors a little more. That being said, typically we sit down a lot more too. So on top of running that, your hip flexors are already being flexed constantly all the time. So essentially what I told him is, um, He should start because they're bugging him now and he's like, okay, well, what do I do before lifting now? Because they're still bugging me and and I want to go lift and I'm still going to lift. And I was telling him like, you're going to want to do hip flexor stretches every day. I would just do them first thing in the morning and then before you lift as well. Um, I suggested breathing through the hip flexor stretch so they actually release. I told him probably to do more glute activation. That was honestly just an assumption to me because a lot of people just don't hit their glutes often enough. So I figured you're probably not training your glutes very often. So start doing more glute activation. Uh, that is the antagonist of the quad and the hip flexor. So that's going to pull some uh, tension out of there. Um, I told him to do that before training. And I was like, if you're not foam rolling or getting in there and doing some deep tissue work, try to do a little bit of that before too, just to loosen up the muscle before you train. What kind of cardio does he do? Do you know? I, I don't. I didn't ask him. I'm assuming he, he just walks or does the like, yeah. low-intensity bike. I know it's some kind of low-intensity. I doubt he jogs. But at the same time, he could have been jogging leading up to that uh, because he knew that he was going to do a tough mutter. But he's also the type of guy that would have signed up with his friends and then not trained for it and just kept doing his strength training. You know what I mean? And then just been like, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. Well, I mean, also look at – because tough mutter is an obstacle course, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to hop over a bunch of shit. You got to – crawl under shit Run you gotta, mud. yeah so just doing all that stuff and if your body's you know I, in his in his case he's not necessarily uh deconditioned but he's not conditioned to do that the, the tough mutter yeah right yeah and he's a fit guy. so i mean yeah you gotta you gotta think about even for me like you know i'd probably be super sore as well because i don't do that kind of activity like yeah. that's not the way you know if you're doing more primal movement stuff uh if you're incorporating more of that into your training that's gonna that's gonna translate over to the the tough mutter right i i think to a certain extent obviously i think that there's a point in in which that you're gonna you're gonna fatigue and and sometimes you kind of just throw yourself over a log um and and i wouldn't know from experience just from uh people that i've talked to who've done the tough mutters be like man like i was gassed and then I had to, you know, hurdle over these logs and, and, and kind of throw my body over. And then I got these huge bruises on my legs. Right. My lower back is messed up. So right. um, you just got to think about all the different positions that, that your body's being put into when you're not on, even before you're fatigued. But, you know, when you have to go through those obstacles, especially if you're not used to doing it, your body's just like, yeah. you know, big WTF. Like, what yeah. is going on right well, now? Well, it's the same thing. Like, you wouldn't. 
if you're playing a sport, you prepare for that sport. You know what I mean? And tough mutters are those type of things that a lot of people just forget to prepare for. You know what I mean? And and I, I it's kind of I mean we went started and played soccer. We didn't really prepare for that, oh. and we were sore as hell the <laughs> next day. You know what I mean? Um, but going back to primal movement, explain to the listeners a little bit what primal movement is, because a lot of people probably don't fully get that crawling variations, um, which there's a ton of. Um, and just basic, really just like basic movement patterns, rolling, rolling. Yep. Um, it's almost and it, like it, think of a baby. Right. Right. Yeah. So like when a baby and, and actually like it's, it's crazy because when, when I use that, that reference for, for most people, people get so confused. It's like, well, like it's a baby. Like what, what, yeah. what, what am I going to like? I'm way more advanced than a baby. But like, the thing is, is like a baby's like, if you ever look at that, like they can put their fucking foot in their mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's most, crazy. most people, like most adults can't do that. They don't yeah. have the mobility, uh, to do that. So, and, and when they sit in a squat, like they're literally like in the perfect squat position, Ask they just heels. don't have an incredible amount of strength, but their mobility right. is there, right? Yeah. Strength and stability, but their mobility is there. So, Shit, in, in college, we had that class, uh, I think it was just called Functional Movement. Yep. And he would literally put pictures on his PowerPoint presentations of a baby yep. in different positions and, like, go over, like, why it's so important. Correct. And that's in college. So, very, very key. Um, so, at the end of the day, I think, like, just, it, it, it's not as complicated as people think. It's just about taking action on it, right? Like, stretch the hip flexors. Fire the glutes more often. Do some breathing drills. That's the first thing I told him. I was like, you need to do some breathing drills because you're probably super tense in that area anyway because you sit down at work, you drive your car all day. Like, If you're going and riding the bike, you're firing your hip flexors as well. And then on top of that, think of like if anybody's ever done sprints on like sand or if you've done a Tough Mudder um, – because I know I did I did something. I don't think it was a Tough Mudder. I did some – You did a Spartan race, right, or something like no, that? No, I don't know what it was Spartan. called. It was some mud run or something. It was one of the – it was uh, only – Four miles. It was an easier one because I did with my mom. Um, And when you're running through mud or running through sand or anything like that, your hip flexors are going to fire more because you have to like push through that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to pull up when you have sand and mud all over your feet. It's a lot harder. So it's different than like when you're sprinting on turf, your hamstrings are going to fire a lot Um, and not as much hip flexor, I would say. It just, but it also depends on your, on your gait, like on your running path. Well, and my guess is too, is that he's probably not strong in, in end ranges either so like for him to practice that um uh uh, that hip flexor isolation drill to where you're standing you bring one knee up as high as you can up towards your chest and then you you hold it up there from anywhere from 15 to to 20 seconds and you're just trying to create as much tension as you can so even if you let your when you let your your hand go from your from your knee right you still want to drive your knee up as as much as you can so that's going to help fire the hip flexor and get it and, and get it stronger and in range. Right. So Christina is um, wondering about intermittent fasting. She says that she's read some conflicting articles. So is it a yes or a no? What should she be doing? Okay. So um, I think she was specifically talking about women too. I think she mentioned like females with intermittent fasting because obviously she's a girl too. So um, yeah, she does say that uh, other articles have stated that it's bad for women and hormonal balance. Right. So I would say, here's the thing, like pretty much a hundred percent of guys it's healthy and, and doable with, um, they might not prefer it or like it because they like to eat breakfast, P- plain and simple. They get hungry, they get cranky, whatever it is, or blood sugar issues. Um, just from having frequent feedings, uh, or lack thereof, if you start intermittent fasting, but with women, it's kind of 50-50. Like, women hormones are just so sensitive to change, and they need that 
frequent nutrient consumption and frequent feeding actually just helps balance the overall uh, hormonal system of the female. So with them, it's one or the other. Like I have a couple ladies that I have doing intermittent fasting right now. One of them is my online ones at the gym and they're, it's going great. Like they're losing weight. They feel better. They don't have to stress about trying to wake up earlier to get breakfast and stuff like that. And it works fine. And as long as they're not having issues with their menstrual cycle or pain or, or any abnormal changes hormonally, then I don't see there's any issue with it, but it's one of those things that you can't really tell unless you just test it out. So my recommendation to you, Christina is, is just, if you're interested in it, try it out. Now, if you're interested in it because you heard somebody say that it's the best diet or it's the way to go, then I probably wouldn't go for it. If it, if it helps your schedule and you feel like it, it would create less stress because you don't have to wake up as early, you're not hungry in the morning, something like that, then yeah, go for a shot. You train in the afternoon. So for you, it's really not that big of an issue. Um, <clears throat> I want to say she mentioned something about like, it's an easy way to cut calories and stuff like that too. And, and that is true. Um, usually when I go to intermittent fasting with guys, it's, it's for that reason. Like guys are waking up and eating something shitty first thing in the morning. Yeah. They have coffee and a bagel. Um, so they're getting a ton of carbs, no protein, um, not really any good fats. The fats that they're having are, are omega sixes and shit from grains and, or it's like cream cheese on the bagel. You know what I mean? So in that case, I usually just tell them to intermittent fast because it's, it's not going to hurt them and it's going to save us 500 calories. You know what I mean? And then I don't have to it's an easy way to create that 500 calorie deficit that I know is going to create a 3,500 calorie weekly deficit, which is a pound of fat a week, right? So if I can do that, then essentially we just focus on making good choices for lunch and dinner, and then they can eat a shit ton at dinner and lunch and not feel like they're cutting too many calories. I mean, I don't know if, have you had any women try intermittent fasting? I've had them, I've had them ask me about it. Um, but we decided to go a different route, which was actually, more doable for them right. um, and just as far as schedule too and, yeah. and, and how they felt and how their lifestyle was it didn't really make sense yeah. I think it was more of just they read an article and it be it was one of those fad right. type of things so yeah. which I don't I don't really believe in if you want if if you want to do it because you feel like it's right for your schedule and you feel like it's right for your for your lifestyle just like you said then yeah like let's do it yeah. but um, if it's because you heard that somebody else lost 50 pounds off intermittent fasting right well, and so here's like they 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 actually did some cool studies lately, and and if you want more info on this, I actually just wrote a blog a couple of weeks ago on my website Boom Boom Performance. That's like literally detailing everything, and it brought up the new study they just did, and it showed like the difference between people losing uh, body fat, and it showed pretty much that the people intermittent fasting did lose more body fat and weight by a little bit, but it was actually because they were had uh, 200 to 250 calories less per day, so therefore they did lose more, but it was simply because it was easier for them to cut calories, right. not because of anything else. So as long as your calories in check, once again, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, the issue with this is, is they also saw that intermittent fasting kind of tricks your body into thinking you're dieting, right? So when we're dieting, we're actually, um, increasing cortisol, we're decreasing testosterone, we're decreasing, um, IGF and growth hormones and all these different things, right? Metabolism is decreasing. So it could be good and it could be bad. You can have that effect of dieting without cutting so many calories out. But at the same time, if you go too long or too far with it, it can actually have the opposite effect. Right. So do you think that that's more of a mindset thing or do you think that that's directly related to the digestive system? I don't know, man. It's hard to say. Um, I think I think the body's I think the body has like it kind of goes back to those just like uh 
regulating times of your hormones, right? I think that if you don't get frequent feedings, your body will think it's going into starvation mode. So by taking out breakfast hormonally, your body might right. start to freak out and right. drop all these hormones, um, boost cortisol up because that's the fight or flight, right? If we need to fight for food, cortisol goes up because that's kind of like our emergency hormone that's going to help us. Um, and then like it, it People always are afraid of cortisol. Well, if cortisol raises a lot during training, it actually can be beneficial because that's how we get into that, uh, out of that calm, uh, relax and digest mode, right? And we go into fight or flight and we train harder, right? We want to drop it at other times of the day when we're not training and stuff like that. But essentially, if, if a caveman was hunting for food, cortisol rose because we need to be aware, right? So um, it's hard to say. And like the study in the things with studies, it sucks. It's like, it has all these great points and then it has all these conflicting factors where it's like, right. well, they didn't account for this, this or this. So maybe that's not true. You know? So reading it, I was kind of like at the end of the day, like the conclusion, this is what the guy said too. Greg Knuckles is the one that, uh, kind of did like a research review on it and he's genius with this stuff. And he was pretty much just saying it comes back to if intermittent fasting helps your schedule, you're fine doing it. You're not going to lose too much muscle. You're not going to go into a negative hormonal state. You're going to be fine. But either way, you have to create a calorie deficit. So if you like eating breakfast, create a calorie deficit. Now, my point is if you want to maintain as much muscle as possible, you don't really want those hormones to freak out and you want to have frequent protein feedings. Like there's been studies that prove that muscle protein synthesis happening throughout the day helps. So my thing is like, how hard is it to drink like a, a whey protein shake or a casein shake, right? right? So a slow digesting protein source. So insulin doesn't spike up too fast. I know a lot of people are worried about that, which truly doesn't matter too much. But I tell people that want to get into that, like, Hey, why don't we just do a protein shake and like four fish oils, you get a little bit of good, healthy omega three fats. It's going to slow the digestion down of the protein. You're going to get protein. So you're maintaining that muscle. You're maintaining recovery. And then you can still have the benefit of cutting a ton of calories right. because instead of having spiking insulin. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if you have a 500 calorie breakfast instead of a hundred calorie protein shake, like that's a huge difference. 400 calories gone. There's your deficit. And then the rest of your day doesn't even need to change. So let's talk about real quick. Let's talk about the timing because it's different with, with men and women, right. correct? So men, you typically would go anywhere from 14 to 16 hours. Oh, as far as right? fasting goes. Yeah. As far as yeah, fasting. I think like, Honestly, I think anybody can benefit from 10 to 12 because that gives your because here's the big benefit for fasting is like in my mind is the gut health. It gives your body a chance to like stop, calm down and let your gut recover because we got to understand that digestion is actually a stress on the body, too. You know what I mean? Like it, your body is constantly working to break down food, extract the nutrients and then pass it on through the gut. Yeah. So if we can give, and that's why actually like a lot of people all recommend like and this is a great way to do a, a calorie deficit. One day a week, instead of me pulling 100, 200 calories every day and making your life stressful because you have to eat less, let's pick one day where you don't train and fast 16 to 20 hours because that can easily wipe out 1,000 calories out of your day. It gives your gut a break so you get a little bit health uh, benefit from it, and then you're creating a bigger deficit, and then you can lose weight. But on a daily basis, I mean, I always tell people start with 12, then go 13, then 14, then 15, then 16. How about women? Women. I actually like a lot of the stuff shown. It really doesn't matter. Really? It, yeah. I think like anybody is going to be fine with 12. I don't think. And I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. That, that's where it would be the difference. Like anybody, I don't think anybody's going to have an issue with 12 hours a day. Women might have hormonal issues if they push past that towards the 16 men. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But even them, like it's a hard habit to build. So I start everybody with 12. Yeah. Especially um, in this country where we just tend to overeat and eat yeah. a bunch of bullshit too. hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a strategy I use when I, uh, go travel because you wake up at a hotel continental breakfast is shit yeah it's like 
eggs cooked in tons of yeah. oil and powdered and, eggs. Yeah, <laughs> it's just horrible, bro. Like, so my go-to is always like I just bring little Ziplocs full of whey protein. You know what I mean? And like I, I drink that down with some coffee, and I'm satisfied. I'm full. I'm not super hungry in the morning anyway. And then I'm gonna be walking around and doing stuff all day. And then you have extra calories to eat, like a good lunch with whoever you're traveling with, dinner, all that stuff. So, um. Plain and simple, I would just go. Honestly, I would go to my website. I literally broke down every type of fasting, what it does, and at the end of the day, I think like a one one day a week, I think could benefit anybody who's trying to create a deficit and try to be healthier for their gut. Boom, boom, performance dot com, right, making so fitness great again. <laughs> <laughs> the next one comes from TJ, and uh, he's curious to know if it is safe for an athlete to train during their season. Most definitely, but at this point. Um, you know, I have a lot of basketball players right now who are uh, currently doing tryouts and, and obviously getting ready to uh, play a long season. So for those guys, I'm taking out um, a lot of like the max effort stuff um, that that's really high in the, the central nervous system, as well as, you know, I'm not going to have them uh, doing any uh, plyometrics like jumping or or anything like that. Um, and not even not even sprints, because a lot of this stuff that they're already going to be doing when they're when they're playing, when they're on the court, and even at tryouts, um, you know, this is what they're going to be running. They're going to be jumping for an hour to, to two hours. So for me to do that in a training session and have these guys do that is just it's going to break them down. So the way that I like to look at it is is strictly from a maintenance standpoint. It still is safe to train. Um, we're going to address a little bit more, especially, you know, I want these guys to be able to relax. So their systems just aren't on all the time. So implementing, uh, mobility drills, having them, uh, do breathing drills. Um, and again, uh, a lot of accessory work, not, not a lot of accessory work, but, um, just to make sure that we're, we're helping them prevent injury. Do you tend to go into more like higher rep range stuff just because, I know for like, and this is something that a lot of people recommend for, and I do too, for um, like more once you get a little bit older because it's safer on the joints. It, mm -hmm. You don't have to go super heavy, so it's obviously less risk. Yeah. Is that something you kind of implement? Yeah, most definitely. So I won't have anybody go, you know, let's say I know they're, they're three rep max in the trap bar, right? So I might go six reps, but it's not going to be at, you know, uh, 80, right. 80%. Right. It's going to be a little bit lower and they, they should be able to perform successful reps, but I'm still going to have them work. Right. Yeah. Um, and then after, and it's not even going to be any more than uh, a few sets at that. Right. And then after that, um, you know, obviously getting into more things like lunges and uh, uh, controlled negatives and stuff like that, especially during uh, the season where and that's and that's where most injuries occur is on the deceleration phase. Or uh, right. if you've ever if you've ever watched. Uh, a basketball game and you've seen people uh, tear their ACL or, or suffer a, a bad knee injury, it's when they're coming down from a rebound or coming down from a dunk and they land and their knee just shifts, yep. right? That's and how I tore my meniscus and my ACL. Exactly. Or, yeah, when they slow down. That's how I've, uh, how, that's how I've torn my hamstring is, is uh, slowing down from from a sprint. So I want to get those guys stronger in that position and, and be able to control the load. Um you know, down into uh, that end range. Um, and, and if I can do that and, and have them in a good position, then we're setting them up for success. That's what's funny, man, is a lot of people don't don't realize that in like, if you look at pro, so I listen to a lot of Joe DeFranco and I follow his guys on and stuff. If you watch what they do, they're like, you don't see them doing max deadlifts. It's like 60, 
5% and they're doing speed or they're doing like yeah. single leg RDLs with a super slow control negative yeah. and stuff. Cause it's like, okay, this guy already made it pro. So let's just maintain what he has. He's already good enough. Let the coach work on his skill work that we want to improve that he's already strong and fast enough. We just need to make sure that he doesn't lose any speed or strength. Correct. Right. And that's what people think is get it twisted. Now with youth athletes, as you can probably agree with is, they're not pro yet. So they do need to improve strength and all that stuff. And they're so young that that's when you can kind of mold them. So I think it is important to still implement that stuff that you do, but it needs to be at the right time. Yep. And a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people, they train and then it's like, Oh, it's season. Let's uh, we'll put it on hold or we'll, we'll come back when, you know what I mean? It's like, no, like maybe, because it's, it's say it's the safe thing to do. Yeah. And, and may- then if they get injured during the season, they can say, well, it wasn't training with me. So right. it's not my exactly. fault. Exactly. Yeah. And well, and a lot of people just don't know how to adjust periodization and just like, essentially like you got to look at in season as like a long deload. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you should leave the gym every time, like feeling fresh. Like yeah. I could have probably done more. I could have pushed it harder, but I didn't need to Yeah, push it at practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, for a lot of the coaches out there, like if you if you're working with somebody and or not working with somebody and and you see them and or if they, they come to you and say, hey, I got injured or whatever, I'm rehabbing an injury and you're worried about if they got injured what and, and you were coaching them during that time. I think it's it's ask them about the situation or if there's a video when you can see. Right. Like and, and I see this with NBA players all the time. Um, and, and soccer players, that's really the only sports that I watch. But, um, you know, if they're by themselves and nobody's around them and they suffer an injury like that, I know that it's from either their training, right, or lack thereof, yeah. right? So either they're not training 100%. or the whatever uh, whatever training that they're on, yeah. right? Like, I know that that's probably So this is actually a good question because – so when I tore my uh, meniscus and my ACL the next year, um, so I did, and this is actually a hard one to do. Like when I look back at what I did, I never, I never strength trained. I never did anything at all. I would, I would go on runs with like some other players, you know what I mean? Here and there. Cause we played soccer. It's like, Oh, let's go run a few miles. Like, cause that's what we thought we needed to do. Um, but I would train high school soccer and then it would go into club soccer, which is almost year round. And then I have a little, so those would kind of overlap. And then I would have like a little break for probably like a month maybe. And I would play indoor soccer during that month. Overuse. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I look back at it, I'm like, okay, well I should have cut out indoor and worked on mobility and training and and deloading in that time. But how does somebody go, okay, like I want to like put me in that situation. Okay. We're cutting out, uh, that indoor soccer, what about training the rest of the year for an athlete that plays year round? I don't know how basketball works, but I know for soccer, a lot of guys play year round. So it's like, how do you work on building strength and all that stuff and improving without overtraining during a season? You got to talk to the player. You got to talk to the parents. That's conversations that I've had to have as well. You got a kid who's playing, you know, pretty much year round, which a lot of kids are doing nowadays from the age of 12 all the way up until they make it to college. And even then they're still playing a lot. Um, I mean, that, that's just a conversation that you have to have with them um, and, and having a conversation with the kid directly like, man, like About this like is cutting out some of the. Yeah, oh, okay. exactly. Okay. And taking a break, because now uh, even some of the more of the parents are being are have become aware. Right. But it's crazy to see that some of these kids have now overpowered the parents because of the influence of the coach or. Yeah. um kind of the atmosphere that they're Other in players, where it's like man yeah. if you don't play like let's take basketball for example if you don't play aau you're not going to make it to the le- next level 
Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. If you're good enough and you make enough noise in whatever sport that you're in, you don't need to play year round. Yeah. Right? Like go explore other sports or just take a break yeah. or work on your or work do skill work. Yeah. Right? Like learn how to uh improve your jumper, right? Like that's not gonna do too much. Well, but and like playing just up and down basketball um and 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 doing shit like that man year round like man that's why these kids at 14 years old have 40 year old knees yeah and and then like and even the ones that make it to past high school like i feel like you're you're seeing this more often now too is they're just getting burnt out because it turns into the parent like making them do so much all the time year round yelling at them on the sideline like to a point where it's like the kids not even having fun anymore so you took their hobby which could have been a career and you made it a job yeah now they don't want to do it because they're still a kid like let them have fun but so bow sent in this question um she she mentioned that uh, some days she feels more bloated than others so why is that and uh how can she fix that i get this question a ton from a lot of people and and i actually get it from guys too um and i I actually use myself as an example for one of the things because um so i told her like there's so many different like i wrote about this on uh, my newsletter the other day because i had five like reasons why this could happen right so um number one overconsumption of food i mean if you're not tracking your calories, you can't really tell because like we can like anybody who's out there who tracks their calories. I know like on my refeed days where I eat 500 calories extra, like I feel bloated the next day. Like I feel good energy wise, but I feel bloated. And, and if you're not tracking your calories, you might not realize why. Um, so if you're eating out and you end up eating a ton more calories and you just don't realize it because you're not in my fitness part or something, that could be very well be the reason. Um, and you don't need to track calories to know that, but like understanding your body and being aware of those things will help. So it could be overconsumption. Um, and I told her like, it doesn't mean that your, your entire week is it cause she's still getting results. So it's not like you're constantly in a calorie surplus, but some days you might be, you know right. what I mean? And that might cause that. Um, cause some days we look really lean in the morning. We're happy. And then the next day we don't, well, did you go out to dinner and eat more than usual? Was the, the carb source higher calorie and you just don't realize like, like sweet potatoes, for example, like I can eat way more rice for the amount of calories than I can a sweet potato. You know what I mean? So you can eat a ton of sweet potatoes and your calories go up but you wouldn't even realize it. Right. So, and that's why for like gaining, I think sweet potatoes are a great choice. You know what I mean? That's probably why you eat them. So I eat sweet potatoes and rice together. Yeah. <laughs> put, put rice in my sweet potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, and then how about like inflammatory foods though? That's what I was going to go okay. to next. Yeah. It's like, uh, what are you eating? So, and sweet potatoes is a good example for me. I love sweet potatoes, but they just don't sit well with me. Yep. I get bloated as hell when I eat a little bit. So that is something, something too. So like, I always tell people like, I don't think everybody needs to track everything they eat or track their diet or their calories or anything like that. But I would write down like, okay, I woke up and I feel super bloated today. I'm going to write down what I ate the last two days. See if that has an effect. Then next time you eat those things, notice if you're bloated again. If you're not, then it probably wasn't that thing. It could have been something else that we're going to talk about. But um, everybody has foods that don't sit with them well. And they could be healthy. They could be unhealthy. I could eat a Pop-Tart and feel fine the next day, but I could eat a sweet potato, which is really healthy and feel like shit. You yeah. know what I mean? So it kind of just depends. Um, and I use pop tart cause that's like Dude, the, the hot fudge Sunday pop tarts are the shit. Have you, Oh, for real? Yeah. I haven't tried those yet. Oh man, bro. They got so many up. flavors now. Yeah. It's kind of, I remember insane. when it was just like cinnamon, strawberry and strawberry. And then there was, there was one more blueberry. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Dude. There's like the most insane. There's Oreo. There's peanut butter, birthday chocolate, cake. birthday cake. Yeah. Or there was orange creamsicle. It's like, it's like a pop, yeah. like soda. Weird, but so ingredients, what are you eating? Um, is it inflammatory? Um, 
let's see, uh, fiber. If you're not getting enough fiber, uh, plain and simple, your digestion is not where it needs to be. So if you're not getting enough fiber, you're going to be blocked up because guess what fiber does? It pushes, it doesn't get digested and it pushes things through. So check your fiber. I always recommend ideally 20 grams per thousand calories. So if you're eating 2000 calories, that's 40 grams of fiber, ideally, right? If you're a little bit below that, that's fine. 35, you know what I mean? But, and you don't want to eat too much. So that's the next point. Too much fiber is going to, is going to have the opposite effect. And it's actually going to um, cause you to have constipation and more bloat and all those things. So don't get too much fiber. I always say like, don't go over 60 grams. 60 grams is really pushing it, but, um, and it depends how much food you're eating. If you're eating 4,000 calories a day, then obviously. So before somebody goes to the store and buys Metamucil, <laughs> what, what are some good sources uh, let's see for, for fiber, sweet potatoes, um, broccoli, it really any vegetable, um, fruit is great, but shoot for fruit with seeds because seeds is essentially, that's what fiber is like apples, the skin that's fiber. Cause it can't get broken. So, down. so that's what I'm getting at is whole foods. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? Like, All whole foods have a ton like, yep. uh, brown rice versus white rice. Obviously not that white rice is bad, but if, if you're eating white rice all the time and you know you're short on fiber, switch to brown rice. Um, I do a lot of berries for that. You can And you can get supplemental uh, fiber if you need it, but it's obviously not the best choice. Oatmeal, um, all that stuff. Next one was uh, hydration. If you're not getting enough water, yeah. you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to uh, be able – because fiber actually binds to water and soaks it up, and that's what helps it continue the process of what it does. So make sure you're getting a lot of water. Um, minimum dose of water, I would say, is like – I think they say like half your body weight in fluid ounces is like the minimum, but I believe that you need to get your body weight in fluid ounces if you're right. training a lot. Now, remember that doesn't mean pure water too, because vegetables are 80% water. So you get more water. So that's why I always tell people like, if you hit a gallon a day, you're solid. Yep. You don't have to worry about it. And, and you don't have to carry a big ass gallon jug. So I always say like 12 to 16 fluid ounces every other hour. There's no way you're not going to hit a gallon a day. You know what I mean? It's super easy. Um, and I think that was all I had for, for being bloated. Pretty, pretty easy. Simple. All right. The last one, um, which I think a lot of people would be curious to know about how come people who train seven days a week aren't as cut up or ripped as you would think they would be. So there's a, there's a few reasons for this one. Um, and a lot of it comes down to, I think that most people that you see, because a lot of people are told that they they're not skinny enough or you know they don't look a certain way i think that you know kind of the the, the mainstream media is is really to blame for this not to sound like a conspiracy theorist but um then people go to the gym and they go two or three times a day right seven days a week and they don't allow their body enough uh recovery right which is huge we get people coming into vigor all the time saying how many days should I come right like and sometimes you know I get the reaction when I say you know try to make it three to four times a week it's like oh man do you really think that's enough like you know so and so trains you know six or seven days a week if you're just starting out like man like you you don't need to train that much at this point right and and not even just for beginners but I think for most people if you train hard enough one time uh, or, or let's say four times a week you, you're gonna be good right you're gonna right. get amazing results you don't have to train every super hard every single day yeah so you're just too stressed out the body's too stressed out. he's exactly. a great and I didn't I can't take credit for this because I heard this from somebody else but here's a great analogy if I am extremely pale and I've never been in the sun I'm not a very tan guy 
and somebody tells me, oh, you need to go tanning. Yeah, go on a level 12 or whatever the highest level is for 20 minutes. I'm going to get burnt to shit. Or I go out in the sun in Mexico for two hours. We, Fucking LA. Or Santa Monica. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, because this happened to me, right? We were out for a few hours, and I was already a lobster, right? Because good. I don't go tanning. I wasn't in the sun a lot. I'm from Seattle. Now, if you take somebody that's been in Santa Monica for the last two years and spends outside every day, they can spend all day without sunscreen. They're not going to get burnt. So it's the same exact thing. If you're not training at all and then you go into the gym six days a week, guess what's going to happen to your body? It's going to shut down. It's going to burn out just like I just said with the sunburn. And then it's not going to produce what you want, which is a nice golden tan or fat loss. Right. And, and well, like when you, when you are training, you're breaking down the muscle to a certain extent. Yeah. And right? a lot of other and things if you, too. Yeah. And if you do that, every single day when does it recover? It, yeah when does it have an opportunity to recover the only so. time i would say that that's okay is um perfect scenario you can go from not training at all to training six times a week if you do it very smartly you don't overdo volume you don't have a job you don't have kids and you sleep eight to ten hours every single night yeah so that's maybe like a one percent, yeah. <laughs> like, and, but, and how you split up your training yeah. sessions and it but like the whole point is is like you have to be so on top of like de-stressing and recovery almost to a, a non-realistic state to be able to do that. You know what I mean? So even me, I train five days a week and I do soccer one day a week, you know what I mean? Which is cardio. And I've been training for six, seven years now, nah, five, six years now, like consistently. So I had to build up to being able to train that often. And even then I'm not doing like crazy intense days every day. I have a couple of really intense days and I have a couple of really light days. You know what I mean? So it's, you got to balance it out. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's honestly the main thing or, or like to the point where somebody's just doing all the wrong things, yep. you know, I mean, Nutrition, we all, yeah, we all yeah. see the people in the gym too, that just are over adapted to what they're doing. So we see the guy that comes in, he benches with 135 every single day. He does some, uh, barbell shrugs with 225 every day. And then he does some like leg extensions, walks on the treadmill for 20 minutes and leaves. And he does that every day. And dumbbell curls guaranteed. Of course. Yeah. But doing the same thing over and over again, your body gets results for a good, you know, six weeks, whatever, and then it adapts right. and then it just doesn't right. do anything. So I think if you're not switching it up, periodizing it and programming it properly, that's a that's a big key too. And then I mean there's people that go to the gym, they train their ass off and then they leave, go drink beer and eat a shitty meal and don't get any sleep every day. Well, you're you're being counterintuitive with things and you're just literally like ruining all the progress you could be making by the negative actions you're taking afterwards. So that's I mean, that's my opinion. Yep. I, I agree. Think that smashes it. All right. Michael's got to get up out of here. So we're done for the day. We're done, guys. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind vs. Muscle.